0: Praise to the Lord Who shall prosper our work And defend us Surely His goodness and mercy shall daily attend.
1: Good morning and a very warm welcome to our service today. It's really lovely to have you with us as we worship together. As we begin this service, let's pray together. Lord, you taught us that all our doings without love are nothing worth. Send your Holy Spirit to pour into our hearts that most excellent gift of love, the true bond of peace and all virtues, without which our lives are counted dead before you. Grant this for your only Son's sake, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. So let's worship together.
2: God's own son
3: The reading is taken from Matthew chapter 10. A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, For nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground, unperceived by your Father? And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Thank you so much to Heather for reading that passage from the Bible for us today. In last week's service, we learnt how Jesus was sending out his disciples to preach the gospel and to heal the sick. The moment Jesus calls the twelve disciples, he sends them out on a mission. He sent them and he sends us too to follow his example to share that the kingdom of God is near, and to show that by being the hands and feet of Jesus, practically healing the sick. As Jesus sends us out, he warns us that we'll face opposition just like he did. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So we need wisdom and we need courage. Be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Because we stand with Jesus, we can expect opposition, hatred, and sometimes even persecution. As Jesus did the sharing and the showing of the kingdom, he faced rejection, suffering, and ultimately even death. If that was Jesus' experience, it's almost certainly going to be ours too. A disciple is not above the teacher. It's enough for the disciple to be like the teacher. The disciples will share in the experiences of their teacher, Jesus. But we're not to be afraid about what we say, for the Spirit of the Father will give us words. Neither are we to be afraid about what others will do to us. Jesus says that rather than fearing those who can kill the body but can't kill the soul, we should fear God, who can destroy both body and soul. Have a healthy respect for an almighty, loving God. Save your fear for God, who holds your entire life, body and soul, in his hands. But remember, as Mr Beaver explained to Lucy in The Lion, The Witch and the Wardrop, whilst he isn't safe, he's good. He's our king and he can be trusted with our lives. Neither should we be afraid about what will happen to us. Jesus says that if you fear God, you need fear no one else and nothing else. God is ultimately in control. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of the Father. And not only is he in control, but he also loves you deeply. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. Fear not, then. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Jesus cares about what happens to you even more than you do. Nowadays, whilst it's true that Christians in many parts of the world may be persecuted and even killed because of their faith, The reality is that most of us are going to be nothing more than a little embarrassed if we choose to do what disciples are called to do, to share and to show the things of God. But even that might sometimes be hard to overcome, even when you wear a dog collar for a living. That's why Jesus' words are such an encouragement. He'll give us the words and he'll watch over us as we step out in faith and in obedience to him. Yet, not everyone will embrace the good news that we've come to share. Don't think that I've come to bring peace on the earth. I come not to bring peace but the sword. Jesus says that he's come not to bring peace between men, but to divide them. The division is one that occurs among people on earth, though there is another way, of course, in which he definitely comes to bring peace on earth. He's come to bring peace between God and man, to enable forgiveness of sinners. But as a consequence of this incredible mission, there will be division among people, and therefore Jesus is the great divider. He'll bring division between those on the one hand who accept him and his claims, inviting him to be an active part involved in their lives and to influence how they live it, and on the other hand, those who reject him and his claims, not wanting to share their lives with him or to be under his influence. When you go to a football match, you have to choose which side you're on. You pay good money to see your team, the one that you're rooting for, win. You're committed to them and you sit with your fellow supporters to cheer them on. Clare's brother David is an avid Arsenal supporter and as a teenager, he once could only get seats with the Manchester United fans in their stand. He got on OK with the people sitting around him. He watched exactly the same game, but he experienced it very differently to those that he was sitting with. When a goal was scored, it was incredibly difficult for him to hide where his allegiances were, both Arsenal Arsenal. And man, you fans, were ultimately divided. The Jesus issue is one that'll fundamentally divide people, and everyone must decide for themselves which camp they're in. It's not possible to sit on the fence. As C.S. Lewis puts it, you must make your choice. Either this man, Jesus, was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit on him and kill him as a demon. You can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let's not come with patronising nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He's not left that open to us. Don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace, but a sword, divided by Jesus. And the division that Jesus brings strikes at the very closest of human relationships. The family, the first people that we learn to have our allegiances with, and most often or not continue to do so throughout our lives. Our experience of this dividing effect of Jesus, he says, will be really close to home. For I come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's household. Just imagine for a moment what it would be like if you belonged to a family of Manchester United fanatics. Then suddenly one of them overnight decides to start rooting for Arsenal. As everyone gathered around the television screen in the lounge for that next big match, there'd suddenly be a divided loyalty, a tension between two opposing sides. Fundamentally, growing up in a family, you've learnt the values of your parents. You've been shaped by them. I'm sure that you've all heard it said about someone or other. He's his father's son. Not because of how he looks but because of how he acts or responds in a different situation. Like father, like son. Coming back to the passage for today, Jesus shared these words with his disciples because this is exactly what was happening at the time, but on a much bigger scale than choosing a football team. He was calling people to live a radically different life and those who choose to follow him suddenly find that their worldview... Their values and their priorities are totally unlike those of the people around them, even members of their own family. What Jesus isn't doing is encouraging his disciples to turn their backs on their families. And if we have family members who have rejected Jesus or don't yet know him, we're encouraged to pray for them and to behave properly towards them, not just sharing but also showing them Jesus in what we say and in what we do, loving them as Jesus instructs us to. It's a wonderful thing when a whole family loves Jesus, and some of you won't know the family division that's in today's passage, but you'll know it in your workplace, in your school or in your college. You'll know the division that Jesus brings. Jesus warns us here that division will be part of the cost of following him. Following Jesus will mean creating a divide between yourself and others because ultimately you're going to need to decide and to show whose side you're on. On Jesus' side or on the world's side. Your values, your morality and your way of life will be different to those people around you and you will, as a result, stand out from the crowd. Or at least you should do. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Will you choose to join in with the bad-mouthing of a colleague behind their backs just because everybody else is doing it? Or will you stand up for them? Will you admit that you can't make that social event because it's important to you to go to your church prayer meeting, Bible study or Sunday service? Will you defend Jesus' name when you hear it being used as a swear word? Will you thank God for the food in front of you, even if no one else sees the need to do that? Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me and for my sake will find it. This is what the Apostle Paul means when he urges us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. This is the way to discover God's will for your life, his good, pleasing and perfect will. If you want God to use you, you must be willing to embrace this kind of sacrifice. Identifying yourself with Jesus in a hostile world is never easy. But Jesus says, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others... I will disown before my Father in heaven. This is a really motivating factor for those who truly love Jesus. Imagining Jesus acknowledging you as belonging to him, giving you the boldness and the courage to put your head above the parapet and to declare by word and in your actions, I belong to Jesus whatever the cost. For the cost of doing this is far less than the thought of one day meeting Jesus face to face and him claiming not to know you as his. Yes, acknowledging Jesus can lead to opposition and to difficulty. For many of the first disciples, it literally meant taking up their cross and following him, even to death. For us, the cost will be different, but we're still called to show the same radical commitment to Jesus now and always. Amen.
4: Of
5: Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you now in awe and amazement of you, our creator God. You're a purposeful God. You made the world with purpose and you gave us dignity when you gave us purpose in our lives as well. And I want to thank you, God, um, for, for the purpose you gave your children, your disciples to go out and share the great news of your love with the rest of the world and generations to come. And Lord God, we lift up our world to you now um, in all its confusion and its uncertainty, God. But God, you have a purpose for this world um, that isn't thwarted by pandemics, um, by riots, God. Your purpose will ultimately be seen through and through, God. And I thank you that you are bigger than everything going on in the world. I pray that your purposes will come to pass in this world. And God, I thank you for our identity, who we are, who you made us, um, the connections we have with different people, and that we weren't made to be idle, just sit around, not doing anything. God, you made us with purpose. And I thank you for whether we are a mother, a daughter, a sister, a friend, a colleague, a neighbor, a stranger, an enemy even. God, you have purpose for us in connecting with other people. And I ask that you would help us um, live out our purposes today and in the future, God. Just like you encouraged the disciples when you were with them face to face and you sent them out on that great commission, you gave them a purpose, God. Um, and you gave them courage and the Holy Spirit to help them do what would be really hard to do, standing up and aligning themselves with you, uh, something that was very at odds with the, with the world they lived in. Lord God, I ask that you would help us stand up for the things that we align ourselves with, and there are so many good things to align ourselves with. Help us to stand up for justice, for righteousness, for mercy, most of all, God, help us to stand up and align ourselves with you. Help us not to be ashamed to be called your child and your follower. Help us to be proud of the fact that we have a relationship with you, Jesus, and it's the best thing in the world. Lord God, I pray for our church communities as a whole in the the towns where we live and in the countries that we live, the organized um, churches, God, I pray that you would help our leaders be equipped and enabled um, and be bold to lead from example God and stand up and be counted for you in the largest spheres of influence that they have. And may they help us and teach us, continue to help and teach us how to do that day in, day out. So Lord God, we just lift up our whole entire world, our whole entire church base and each one of us individually we thank you for the dignity you gave us in giving us purpose lord would you help remove all the things that hinder us from living out your purpose and standing up for you and encourage us to to run our race every day not ashamed to be yours amen
1: Thank you to Clare for leading us in prayer this morning. Before I give the blessing, I'm sure that some of you will now be aware that the First Minister made some changes to the lockdown regulations in Wales late last week, to allow churches in Wales now to open for private prayer. Activities such as services and prayers that encourage people to gather are not allowed to take place. Religious activities involving physical contact, speaking in unison, singing or chanting or sharing equipment are not permitted. A person can't lead devotions or prayers in any way and community activities like Sunday schools, youth groups and social gatherings can't take place either. Churches are not obliged to open and before they can do so they need to undertake a detailed risk assessment and to consider whether or not it's feasible for them in their local context to meet all of the strict Church in Wales and Welsh Government guidelines in relation to safety and hygiene. So this is a positive step forward, but it's a small step forward, and it's going to take some time for us to work out the implications of what it might mean to open for private prayer. So please do be patient with us as we begin to journey forward. Obviously, we want to do this carefully to ensure the safety and well-being of everyone who comes to visit our buildings. Finally, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.